0: Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, your life improvement series starts now. Hey, everybody. Super honored to have Dr. Joe Dispenza in studio today. We're talking all about your thoughts, how powerful they are, how they can make you ill, but how they can also heal you. Uh, We're talking so much. Oh my God, there's too much. We talked a lot
1: about change and transformation.
0: Change and transformation and how much change is available to us. Like we really can do all of this. We can heal mind, body, and soul. We have the power to do all of it. And it's not hard, friends. Trust me, because I did it and I have changed. And I didn't think I could change. Anyhow... (laughs) More coming soon. Don't forget to hit subscribe. It's it's addictive because you see the results. I see the results, or I would not be able to fit this into my days. I'm I'm fitting it into my days because I never want to feel the other way ever again. I want to keep feeling like this and better and better and better. And I know what's possible now, and I see it. And and the women that I had on the show that everyone will hear this week. Evie, who was um, on stage in San Diego, and Kristen, who hasn't done a testimonial for you, but this is a woman who had breast cancer, spread all over, went to her brain. She had 150 brain tumors radiated. And um, she had 20 to 40 new ones they were going to radiate. She had been doing your work for two years. Both of them said, we had to keep changing before we got our full healing. Now, I know some; they're both still in progress. But she somehow went back from a week-long Maui trip to her radiation treatment. They were doing the final MRI and they had all disappeared. 20 to 40 brain tumors, I'm pretty sure she had said, just deleted. So I said, you're my new four-minute mile because I only got one to go. And I know it's going to go. And I've always known I was going to heal it. Actually, shit, I forgot to tell you. Dr. Keith Black, do you know Dr. Keith Black at Cedars? Mm Mm-hmm. When he and I sat together after I had surgery and, you know, I was a little disappointed all of it didn't come out, but he would have paralyzed me and we decided that was not a good idea. Um, I said, well, I'm, he's like, I want you to radiate the rest of it. And I said, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't feel good about that. I saw what radiation did to my mom. I want no part of it. He's like, it's different. I go, no, I don't think it's different. I'm going to heal myself. I said, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, and he said, I don't think you're crazy. He's like, I've had one person do it and I believe in you. And I told him about your work back then and how I just interviewed you or I was about to interview you, whatever it was, I had just come familiar with your work. And that was another epiphany I had at the event where I was like, oh, I said I was going to do this. I didn't know this was how it was going to happen. But it was like, even just like my dreams growing up, my parents were janitors and I used to dream so big. I'm like, someday I'm going to have a house. It looks like the White House. And it's going to be so big, and I'm going to have this and that. I have everything I said. How did I know it was going to happen? I was a poor Greek girl from Medford, Massachusetts. I had no business having any of this. Mm -hmm. But it did. Mm -hmm. So I know the same thing is possible with my health. And I know you talk about how our thoughts can make us sick. So if our thoughts can make us sick, they can make us well. And I really want you to help hammer that home for people.
1: Well, because
0: um, my thoughts made me sick. Yeah, my mom's yeah. thoughts made her sick.
1: Yeah, and it's that bottle that just you that is this you know, bad? No, well, no. I'm saying the the amount of emotion that comes with the yes. thought because every time you have a thought, you make a chemical, right? If you have a good thought and make you have a chemical that makes you feel good, you have an arousing thought that causes you to feel angry. Uh, Short term, that's okay, but the long-term effects of that keeps knocking the brain and body out of balance. So when we turn on that primitive nervous system called the fight-or-flight nervous system, we're mobilizing enormous amounts of energy in our body's resources that we would typically use for healing, digestion, reproduction, whatever, assimilation. We're, t- we're robbing those systems and we're saying there's a threat, there's a danger, there's something really, really, that needs all of your attention in your outer environment, and that, that arousal causes us to feel fear or any derivative of it, aggression or anger or pain. So when we respond to the environment like that, our body's knocked out of balance because we're mobilizing all that energy. Pupils dilate, respiratory rate goes up, heart rate goes up, up digestive juices shut down, blood is sent to the extremities, of the body's ready to run, fight, or hide. All organisms in nature can tolerate that short term. If you turn on that stress response and you can't turn it off, now you're headed for disease because no organism can live in emergency mode without a moment for, for regeneration or growth and repair. All right. So the arousal, for some reason, feels good to human beings. And that arousal gives us a rush of energy. And then we need... The bad news. We need the problems in our life. We need the poor relationship. We need whatever it is to cause us to feel this kind of arousal. And because we're
0: addicted to it,
1: we become addicted to the life we don't even like. Mm-hmm. So then,
0: that's the biggest aha moment. <laughs> it's like you actually become addicted to the life you don't want.
1: Right. So then, so take it a step further. Then, when you think about that life, you produce the same chemistry in your brain and body in the same exact way as if you were actually re-experiencing it. So now the thought is turning on the stress response. And it's a scientific fact that the long-term effects of the hormones of stress push the genetic buttons and create disease. Well, if you can turn on that stress response just by thought alone, then your thoughts can make you sick. So, because you're knocking your brain and body out of balance Mm -hmm. over and over again and depleting your body's resources that you could be used using for healing. And it just turns out the stronger the emotion you feel, the more you pay attention to the person or the problem. And that's our vital life force we're giving to that person or that problem.
0: Well, And then we're telling the story 50 different times to all of our friends. Can you believe this and then this?
1: Reaffirming, reaffirming the same feeling over and over again. And the body's actually uh, moving out of balance more and more every time we do that. There, We're actually draining the body from energy, right? So, so... It makes sense then that when people do this a long time then they they can't feel anything else but anger, fear, mm-hmm. pain, suffering, guilt, shame, anxiety, the competition, envy, jealousy, insecurity, resentment. Those are all derived from the hormones of stress, you know, and, and and psychology calls those normal human states of consciousness. Those are altered states of consciousness. So, so it makes sense then that if those emotions make us feel one way because the body is always out of balance. We decided to do an experiment. We took 117 people and we said, listen, we want you to stop feeling those emotions just for three times a day for 15 minutes. We're just going to practice feeling a different emotion. Yeah, I know, but I can't feel it. I know, I know you can't feel it now because you're really good at feeling that other stuff. But if we work with you, just work with us. Turns out, 10, 15 minutes of gratitude two or three times a day. Their immune system strengthened by 50%. They, they made the most robust immunoglobulin, you know, immunoglobulin A, which is their primary defense against bacteria and viruses. The body's getting a boost. There's an internal army now. And it turns out that when that occurs, a lot of pain and inflammation goes away and a lot of immune-mediated conditions from cancer all the way to food allergies and everything in between. So so we found out that your thoughts could actually make you well.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, whenever I, like just yesterday when I had a little bit of a rickety day, it was one of the first times I had to use my inhaler since. And it was because I was a little stressed and how funny the body couldn't now probably breathe properly, whatever it was. Old pattern. Old pattern. Old pattern. I caught it pretty fast. And then I gave myself compassion this morning. I said, Maria, cause I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to take me back so far in my healing because now if I was to do blood work today, it would be different. That was the perfectionist in me. And I was like, okay, perfectionism, got it. Next thing we got to keep really working on is is getting rid of those thoughts Um, because as I'm conquering the other things, I'm like, okay, this is the next thing. But but I was like, you know what? It was just a couple of moments, and you totally redeemed yourself this morning, so all good Um, because up until now there have been very – Maybe one other moment. Like I've been really, really good. And so the perfectionist in you like will catch things really fast and start to sabotage. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's I play with this, you know, like it's not that you react. I mean we all react. The question is how long?
0: Yeah. That's And the key. so
1: so like Learning how to shorten the refractory period of your emotional responses is worth more than all the gold in the world. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't control your emotional reactions to conditions in your life, they turn into moods. Those are one long emotion, the temperaments, and ultimately personality. And so then learning how to do that and catching yourself is the learning process. And that's so important for a, a perfectionist to see it as like, hey... I did pretty good. I, I did. I fell off the horse. I got back on. Not a big deal. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. The person who says, "Oh, I failed. I'm I'm not good at this. You know, I'm going to get sick again." That's that's a huge default, and that's kind of talking ourselves out of change. It's so important for us to realize that this is a very uh, intense process. It takes an enormous amount of awareness, an enormous amount of energy to master yourself in that moment because valid, justified, or not, the only person that it's hurting is you. And when you finally figure that out, as my (laughs) daughter would say, living by this emotion isn't loving to me. And and we have to really decide, is this loving to me? So so it turns out when you teach people how to feel elevated emotions, um, they make so many wonderful chemicals that make them feel good that they're no longer dependent on anything outside of them to take away their emptiness, their lack, their separation, their pain, their fear. They're actually learning how to do it without any exogenous substance, without anything outside of them, without any scrolling through anything. They're, this feels way better than any of that. Now, that's the moment where we're all of a sudden free from our environment and, mm-hmm. and, and people self-regulate. And when that happens, their health gets better. They have a headache, it improves. They have pain, it changes. They learn that they can do it by thought alone. How valuable is that? I don't know. <sighs> if we could teach our kids that, it would be amazing, right? It would be
0: amazing for everybody. But that's, that's. I feel free because I don't have those thoughts anymore. If they do, they're very quick and I can get rid of them or or I can meditate myself back into a good place, whatever it is. Um and so I'm grateful you just shared that because I was having to tell myself that this morning I was like you're fine you've been yeah. doing so great like you're yeah. Yeah. you know no, you're no, good No no take it
1: just remember it's an experiment I always go it's an experiment okay okay I, I went unconscious okay how long are you going to do that for how long are you going to feel bad okay just knock it off okay let's get back Yeah, and and, the, and I'm I, I always say to myself god I'm so happy that I did that because the the alternative is just a lot of pretending.
0: Well, also it shows you growth, right? Because if everything's going jolly, you don't really know until you're tested how you're going to be. So even Kelsey, you were helping me in that moment where I was you know, worried about Maximus and his leg and getting him to a vet because we're traveling tomorrow for a while. and And I said, Kelsey, I need help. I don't know how to do this Google Drive, collect everything, put it in. Can you help me? And I said to you, normally I would be at like a hundred right now. I'm at a one. And you said, yeah, I know. So it was like, it was, it, you have to be tested. I'm curious um, for you girls listening and especially you, Kelsey, with all your stomach stuff, are is what he's saying about your thoughts having that kind of power over your health resonating with you?
2: Oh yeah. Well, and I feel like it's something we talk about so often on the show and it does. It makes perfect sense. I mean, I think... Dr. Joe, what you were saying, like, we don't even realize what we're thinking. It's like until you are like at this level of like super high awareness to be able to like catch it and be like, oh my God, I think this every second of every day or whatever it is. It's like, or
0: I'm unkind to myself or we're just
2: in these routines. So I guess for me, it's like diving into the world of meditation. Where would one even begin? Because it's like. I'll go lay on the couch for ten minutes and close my eyes, <laughs> but like, is that the same thing as well, doing like the formula or well, you know something like that? Well, that's I... a
1: really great, great point. Turns out the third thing about meditation that I didn't get to at the beginning is is you're answering that question, and that is to learn how to change your brainwaves. Mm. And and when you're when you're aroused, you're in this beta brainwave pattern, it's a very, very high beta brainwave pattern. That's, that arousal is when you're feeling a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of depression, a lot of resentment. That's when the brain is super alert. Like it's, it's got all of its attention on the outer environment. That's where the danger, that's where the, that's where the cause is. And, and some people, when they get in that state, they overanalyze and they can't slow their brain down, and they overfocus, and they try to control, and they try to predict, and they they have the perception that everything's going to get worse in their life, and they get ready for the worst thing all the time, and that's that's what you do when you're in survival, right? So, when we're in that state, we become overfocused. We, we 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 narrow our focus on the material world. The chemicals cause us to become materialists, and our senses are heightened, and then our senses plug us in the reality. So now we're more engaged in the three D world. Nothing wrong with that, but you can't stay there for a period of time. We found out that when you well, you do this when you go to sleep, what do you do when you go to sleep? You just kind of lay there, and then you stop thinking, and that you think of nothing. And when you think of nothing, you actually fall asleep,
0: and you if, restore. <laughs> and, and if
1: you can't stop thinking, you actually can't go to sleep, so you can't slow your brain waves down because you stay in that kind of analytical state. And our our data shows that when you're in that analytical state and you're aroused by some emotion, you will actually make your brain worse because the analysis is actually making the chemicals for you to get more aroused and you drive yourself further into these higher states because you're over So we said, okay, let's have people do the exact opposite. Let's have them focus on nothing because that's what you do when you go to sleep. We'll just go from that narrow focus to kind of a broadened focus and just sense nothing, sense space, right? And The act of doing that actually slowed the brain waves down into mid-range beta, low-level beta, and then all of a sudden into alpha. Now, once you cross from beta to alpha, you go from your conscious mind to your subconscious mind. Now, what separates the conscious mind from the subconscious mind is actually the analytical mind. So when you're analyzing and thinking you're in this beta brainwave pattern, you close your eyes and you start relaxing. Your inner world starts becoming more real than your outer world and your brain starts stop stops talking to you like the chatter in your head. And so that analysis tends to suppress and you start to see more in images and pictures. You get creative, that's alpha. Yeah,
0: you're like in a VR world.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you can let yourself fall into a light sleep while you're sitting there, you move into this theta brainwave pattern and that tends to be when the door between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind is wide open, there's no editor. So you could actually rewrite a program. You could actually install a new rehearsal, a new way of being. You could a- That's exactly how we rewrite the program. So, So we teach people how to regulate through those states and just before you fall asleep on the couch, We want you right at that point where you haven't fallen asleep, but you could. And right there, if you can stay relaxed in your heart, we can teach you how to do that. While you stay awake in your brain, you can make some really dramatic changes because... When you have no analytical mind, you're suggestible to information. And what is suggestibility? Your ability to accept it, believe it, to surrender to it as if it's the truth without analyzing it. And that's what actually programs the autonomic nervous system. So we teach people how to regulate their brain states so that they can they can reprogram.
0: Yeah, you're getting into like the spot where you can change your life.
1: Can't do it. In, you can't do it in beta. Because yeah. you're outside the operating system, and in fact, yeah. you can say, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm free, I'm free, and that thought never makes it past the brainstem to the body, because the body's saying, no, you're not, you're miserable, you're mm-hmm. unhappy, you're in fear. That affirm- can't, you're not affirming anything that the body is agreeing with. So, You get a person into a state of gratitude, well... That's a very interesting emotional state because when you receive something or you just receive something favorable, something wonderful happened to you or something wonderful is happening to you, you feel this intense feeling of gratitude. So its emotional signature is something wonderful is happening to you. You feel gratitude. I guarantee you, you will accept, believe and surrender to those thoughts that you're thinking, and that will actually program the autonomic nervous system into a different outcome. So we've got to get that person in this that state of receivership, right? And so meditation and changing your brain waves is a, an important element.
0: Will you explain coherent heart and coherent brain? Kelsey's like, yeah, that's what I want to ask. Uh, yeah wrote that down.
1: <laughs> well, this isn't this isn't,
0: as a first time mom of a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps a bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> a month so go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join getting better isn't easy friends but as i say all the time it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together we love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you
1: foreign to any of us when let's talk about incoherence when you're in that high beta state and uh, you can't predict or control anything in your life. You have the perception that things are going to get really bad and you switch on that system. What you want to do now is control and predict everything in your life because you know you're getting ready for the worst thing that could possibly happen. So as you begin to think about every person, every object, every meeting, every place, that's all mapped in your brain and you're shifting your attention to all of these elements... The brain starts to fire out of order because of your attention shifting so quickly, because every person, every object, everything has a neurological network in your brain. Keep that up in high beta. The brain starts to compartmentalize. It's a house divided against itself. And when the brain's incoherent, we're incoherent. Mm. When the brain isn't working right, we're not working right. And that, that default state actually is an unhealthy state for the brain to function in. So people become relying on whatever it is that makes the, the discord go away. They, they try to make the feeling go away by gaming or Smoking whatever, pot. Whatever, it is, whatever it is they need to do to, to, to settle down that high beta state. Okay, well, you're on the Zoom meeting, right? And you got the gas pedal on, you're judging that person on the Zoom call, you want to reach across the screen and throttle them, but you're smiling and you're stepping on the brake. So you're Your heart is racing because it's pumping blood. It's what it does when it's under sympathetic dominance. But (laughs) you're not running and you're not fighting you're not hiding. So the heart is actually beating against the closed system. You keep that up, the heart starts beating very incoherently. And when incoherent waves interfere, you lose energy. So you lose energy in the heart and you lose energy in the brain. And so then we just become automatic. That's the default, right? That's 95% of who we are. So our data shows over and over again that you can make your brain more coherent. What does that mean? When you're sensing nothing, when you're sensing space, the act of sensing causes you to stop thinking and analyzing. Mm -hmm. And if you're sensing and you're feeling, you're experiencing, you're noticing, and you're doing that, you're not analyzing and your brain waves naturally change from beta to alpha. It feels so good. When you drop down to that level, if you stay at it, there comes this moment where those different compartments of the brain that were once firing out of order, out of rhythm, all of, a start, all of a sudden starts beating in cadence and they start to synchronize. The front of the brain starts talking to the back of the brain. These networks over here start oscillating with these networks and all of a sudden you see recruiting of more communities of neurons firing in the same rhythm. And all of a sudden when the whole brain is firing the same rhythm, that's called coherence and that's a very strong signal so the brain that causes a very strong signal to the body that everything's moving back to regulation stresses, autonomic dysregulation. This kind of cadence is ca- causing autonomic regulation. The body going, whoa, 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 something, information is traveling along the nervous system that's very coherent, very, very consistent, and it's carrying the right information. So then when the brain is coherent then, um, there's, a, there's a more energy because Waves build on waves and so all we see we see this happen and all of a sudden we see a person move into theta and if they can just hang in there a little bit longer something really profound happens they move into these super aroused states of gamma now gamma is super consciousness it's actually faster than high beta. Only difference is it's very compressed and it's very organized. So the entire brain now functioning in gamma, the person's having a very profound arousal. Now, the arousal is not fear. The arousal is not anger. The arousal is not pain. The arousal is ecstasy. The arousal is bliss. The arousal is something they could say it's connection or love. At the same time, we see the heart... All of a sudden, feeling this feeling, start to move into this beautiful rhythm, boom. And all of a sudden, the heart starts to cause the body to move out of survival and drop down into this relaxed state. So we become relaxed in our heart, and when that happens, waves tend to build on waves. Let's see if I can explain this. We see in the brain a very slow wave called delta. That's deep sleep, but the person's oscillating in delta in coherence, and then the wave riding delta is theta, like in a harmonic.
0: Two dolphins.
1: Yeah, and then here comes alpha riding on theta, and then beta on there, and all of a sudden you see the person go into this gamma state, and the heart is telling the brain it's safe to create now. It's safe to be in the present moment. There is the the, the danger, the threat, the trauma's over, and the heart literally informs the brain that the event is over and it resets the baseline for anxiety, for trauma in the survival center of the amygdala of the brain. And all of a sudden, the person can relax into the unknown, the present moment. And no danger, nothing happens. That they're so afraid, and the unknown is always the, the scary place. That's how we survived and adapted for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Now the unknown is the perfect place to create in. The person's relaxed in their heart, and the heart's sending this beautiful rhythm and when that happens, it's causing these waves of energy in the brain and the brain is receiving it from the heart. It's saying it can get creative. This is the creative center. So now the heart and the brain start working together and somehow there's a profound shift in everything from electromagnetism to biology, to neurocircuitry, to neurohormones and you see the person not wanting the moment to end. Yeah. And when the heart beats in rhythm, it, it produces a very profound magnetic field that's up to th- three meters wide, right? So you got this, you got this broadband base that's that's that tends to be magnetic, and you have a coherent brain which tends to be electric. So the, the thought becomes the electrical charge, the directive. You send the signal out into whatever it is that you want into the field. you got to feel a feeling before it happens in the quantum, get a coherent heart, and you begin to draw the experience to you. So when there's a vibrational match between your energy and some possibility that exists in the quantum field that you haven't experienced yet, the cool thing about it is now we don't have to go anywhere and do something to get it. You do that in three-dimensional reality when you're matter trying to change matter, when you're creating from the field, in connection instead of from matter the events tend to come to you instead of you going to get them now that's the fun part right that's yeah. why we do it so what i love the most about our community is that they get it they're they're not they they once they get it and they feel it, they want to feel more of it. There's nothing wrong with that. They want to experiment more. They don't want to go back to that stuff. Mm -hmm. They outgrow it like they outgrow a shirt that they no longer ever want to wear again. You just, you don't ever, you know you're never gonna wear that shirt again. You just outgrow things, and now this kind of regulation that leads to all these mystical and unknown cool experiences causes the person to be less interested television, less interested in all the
0: <laughs> Wait, that's me. I stopped watching stuff. And and, and my why my husband's like, our life is gonna be so messed up now. I go, honey, I'm so sorry. My best friend had come into town, it was like the week before the event. And normally, like, we have like the things that we do. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, you guys. It's not you, it's me. I just wanna go upstairs and meditate. I don't wanna play cards and I don't wanna watch T V. So yeah, you don't, you want that feeling. So I must've gone into gamma. I know I wrote in my notes that I went into gamma for sure at the event, but I must've gone into gamma to reprogram the amygdala to remove the anxiety, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so we find that people are, are moving into these states of gamma and, and they're, they're, you know, they're not even aware, a good percentage of them not even aware that they're in this this state because they're so relaxed in the present moment and they're so awake in their brain It's it, there's this beautiful gamma pattern that takes place. And once the heart informs the brain, it, it dumps the baseline for those stress hormones to a different level. Yeah. It, 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 it happens really quickly.
0: So one of the cool things that I started seeing when I was doing the progressive at home was like I could feel my body lift out of my legs, like just... Whoosh, and I would get so scared. And I remember in the class you said, you know, you're only one thought away. Don't be afraid. So then I started to train myself, like, don't be afraid. We're just, we're just gonna go. And at the event, there was a couple of, I mean, there were some crazy moments. I mean, I was in this amphibian world, and then I was in a, a blue water world where I could feel the mist of water on my face. I was on a cliffside being healed. There was a bed. It looked like it was like in Jerusalem and I was on a cliff being healed. I had the Virgin Mary. I had Jesus in like right there with me in my coherence healing. There were crazy insane moments. So when you go into those mystical places in your meditations, first of all, I always say if kids knew they could do this, they would never do drugs because it's free. And you really like you're swimming in these places. It's so cool. Um, is that gamma?
1: Uh, we have seen people in. Very, very high states of gamma, having very profound mystical experiences. In fact, so way outside of normal that some of the scientists actually broke the person from the meditation because they were worried they had never seen anything like it. And, of course, the person was having a very, very, very <laughs> profound, very full-on sensory experience without their senses. And they were in a whole nother world. And they were like, what? What, what, what did you just like? You know, they were having a profound moment, but we also see people in very, very deep levels of theta having really lucid moments as well. So, um, I don't want to categorize it as one brainwave state or another, yeah. but, but but when there's an arousal, uh, it and it tends to cause everything to become very real, uh, yeah, you're you're moving into gamma, and you have not in the not in the neocortex. The gamma's in the limbic brain, the mm-hmm. seat of the autonomic nervous system. The arousal, that, that coherence, and that very high frequency is, is, is regulating information. Energy is informing matter, and the body's feeling very electric. It's feeling very enlivened. And, um, and so, so the person, when they have that moment, of course they feel that new feeling. They're gonna pay attention deeply to the pictures that they're experiencing in their brain. It's gonna seem, seem very real. Now the cool part about that is what is real? I mean, reality is where all of your attention is, right? And if all of your attention is in that world, I mean, I, I, I'm not a whales and space guy, you know? I mean, I'm a pretty <laughs> practical person. So and, that's why
0: you're a good teacher, because we we know that.
1: And and when people, when I, I wanted to know, when I saw a person 200, 300, 400, 500 standard deviations outside of normal and gamma, please just tell me what happened. And, you know, these stories are profoundly enriching you know so the the person when they come back to their to their self again the experience tends to enrich circuits in their brain and the feeling that they feel that electrical arousal tends to remove the body out of the past into the present and they get a biological upgrade a lot of mm-hmm. time. The cells start jiggling the energy and frequency and and the cells start emitting more coherent light and information. and the there's the there's the tumor, then it's gone. you know there's yeah. the uh, eczema and it's gone. Uh, you know, it's gone. you know it's gone. it's a
0: whole new addiction
1: so so yeah, so so
0: <laughs> I traded up in my addiction.
1: <laughs> so, so, so so when you have a few of those, when you come back to your senses and you put, you come back to your personality, your spectrum of reality is broadened, right? We don't see things how they are, we see things how we are. So, the inner experience that's so profoundly lucid is actually reorganizing circuitry in the brain for you to perceive more of reality that always existed. Yeah. But we just didn't have the circuitry to perceive it. Now, this is when it gets fun because now you can, you can, how, how, I mean, I, it's, it's a scientific fact that we perceive. Less than one percent of reality. The, st- the statistics say it's a hundred percent. The mathematics say we perceive less than one percent of reality. So this is the moment where you get an upgrade to the circuitry in your brain, and now you broaden your perception of the way the world really is.
0: Yeah. Well, we could we couldn't possibly even understand the the space of the universe, right? And and the and and what exists out there, right? And we're also growing. I was reading something the other day. We're growing at faster paces. The, like the universe is growing at faster paces than scientists even ever thought. So we can't understand that. We can't understand this either. Um, I want to go back to fight or flight for a minute because I was able to see my mom and what got her to where she ended up, right? So she was in fight or flight 24-7. My dad was t- severe type 1 diabetic, and she didn't even sleep at night because she was afraid he was going to die in a low blood sugar uh, attack. Funny enough, when you get to understand some of this work, this makes sense. We didn't know how to categorize it back then, but my dad would have nightmares of dogs chasing him. And it would be as if his body was really being chased. His blood sugar would drop, he'd be in a pool of sweat, and only by, you know, my mom noticing, because she wasn't sleeping, would she be able to save him from a complete, you know, you know death from low blood sugar. So... I watch her pattern. She was in fight or flight her whole life trying to keep him alive. And then I was the like lieutenant right under her. And we would just feel. I'd be in school and have no idea, but I knew he was mm-hmm. sick and he needed me. And I would race home, skip a class, and find him comatose on the floor. So we were so connected with him that we would know when he wasn't okay, and he wasn't okay all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the both of us got that. and And then we both had kind of like a lot of the toxic work situations, too, that just now we didn't have boundaries. We were never taught boundaries. So now that anger just kept building and building and building. And when I thought about where the anger goes in the progressive chorus, it goes right up to like that pineal area, I'm pretty sure, from that (laughs) diagram. I was like, oh, yeah, we we kind of did this with our thoughts. And I know a lot of people have a hard time with that notion, but I'll accept it for myself. I believe that we were the illness because, and it was unknowing, we didn't have tools, we didn't know, we did the best we could with what we had in those mm-hmm. times. But it is our our thoughts and the way we were living and the way we were so fearful and so worried and in trying to control everything yeah. that yeah. got us brain tumors. Because so, the top researcher says, it's like lightning striking twice, this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not genetics and they weren't genetically connected or anything. So I want, for the sake of the people, because I know a lot of people who are listening to this have autoimmune conditions, I want to really hammer home, fi- hammer home fight or flight, because I know Kelsey's even nodding in there. Um, you've had your versions of it as well, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and what we're doing to ourselves so yeah. that they can really see yeah. the control that we can have if we start to focus on it. And even though you say it's hard and it's a lot of work, it really isn't because the second you get in and you start to understand this is scientific and that's why your approach is so different and why I think that you are resonating so much more with people because it's not woo woo. Some of the woo woos are saying similar stuff, but yours is science based and there is 100% success stories to see that you can buy into and believe. And you're doing so much scientific you know, research as well and, um, I just want people to really have that breakthrough to understand that that this fight or flight thing, the, I was watching women at the event. There was a woman who was like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. And we were all having this thing like, what if we're not doing it right? Because as women, we want to be perfect. And we're taught to be good girls and to be perfect growing up. And we're going into a coherence healing, And this one woman is running around trying to find her friend over here. And, I, and I'm watching her and I'm like, oh my God, she's killing herself.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, here's, here's the, the cool thing about being human. We can all relate to this. This is so primitive. Uh, it's so innate in us. Uh, the game that we've been playing for as long as you want to believe human beings have been here is the game of survival. I mean, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, so it wasn't easy being human. I mean, you could die from all kinds of things, and famine, and predators, and all of those things were important elements to keep us alive, and in fact, fear was really adaptive. You don't walk up to a lion and pet it. Something tells you instinctually to not do that, right? So that's very adaptive, and and when stress becomes maladaptive, it's a different story, because uh, there, when we react to someone or something that's in our lives, your, your reaction, whether it's a lion or your mother-in-law, doesn't matter to the body. Yeah. Because if if it's a lion, for the most part, you're not going to go 20% in, you're not going to go 40%. If it's a lion, you're going to go 100% in, right? So, But if it's your mother-in-law and you're having the same response, what was once very adaptive becomes very maladaptive, right? So it turns out that, as I said, valid or justified, the only person that that is actually hurting is you because you're knocking your body out of homeostasis. You're knocking your body out of balance. Health is balance, health is order. So let's see if we could drive this home really well. You have three types of stress, physical, chemical, and emotional. Physical stress is trauma, accidents, injuries, falls. Uh, Chemical stress is viruses, bacteria, blood sugar levels, uh, hangovers, toxins, pesticides, pollutants. Then emotional stress is just your reaction to everyone and everything in your life. Well, 75 to 90% of a person that walks into a healthcare facility in the Western world walks in because of psychological and emotional stress. You could have the best diet. You could eat Gluten-free, vegan, ketogenic, intermittent fasting with the little macrobiotics on the side, organic, all of that. Take all your vitamins. Take all your, all your supplements, all your herbs. Drink your teas. Do all of that. You could work out. You could run. You could do Pilates. You could do yoga. What doesn't matter? Get yourself chemically balanced. Get yourself... Uh, physically balanced but if you haven't taken care of your responses to everyone and everything in your life your cells when you're living in fear and perfectionism and rigidity the signal to the cell is there's a danger there's a threat and the cell is going to take the signal and the cell is going to make a protein from a gene <laughs> and if you keep signaling the cell that there's danger in the environment the cell is going to start to down regulate a gene and make a cheaper protein so uh, so then you could have you could you could actually wind up creating organic fear proteins that's what you're making right because the the body still isn't in a place to rest so person can't sleep then they can't re- sleep they can't restore they They can't digest, there's an emergency out there. How can you digest if your body's perceiving that the next moment there's gonna be danger? There's, your immune system's dialed way down. There's no energy for long-term building projects. The, 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 everybody's attention is on the outer world. There's no homeland security. Everybody's out fighting the fight, right? So the reproductive system says, this is not a time to grow a baby. Uh, the, the, the brain, the blood flow goes to the hindbrain away from the forebrain. You stop thinking, you start reasoning, mm. you start reacting to everyone and everything. Blood uh, blood sends uh, adrenaline and liquid energy to the muscles, but you're not fighting, you're not running, you're not hanging. Muscles get tight. It's just, it's just stored energy in there. And the body stays in that kind of maladaptive state. And, and, it, and it, that imbalance becomes the new balance. And now we're headed for some type of crash, some type of disorder, some type of disease. And when we're in that state, we're altered. And there's always a gap between the way things appear and the way things really are. And if we act during that period, we'll always say, I should have never said that. I should have never done that. I should have never sent that email. I should have never thought that. Because we're altered. And let's say in survival, we're selfish. You know, you got, when you're getting chased by T Rex, there's three things you're thinking about my body, like, hey, I to take care of this. In my environment, where am I gonna run? And how much time do I have to, uh, to get there? the body, the environment, and time. So the stress hormones actually cause us to feel more like our bodies, more pay more attention to objects and things in our environment, obsess about time. To change is to be greater than your body, to be greater than your environment, be greater than time. Stress is not a time to change. Stress is a time to run, fight, and hide. And if you spend 70% of your day living in that state, there's no energy for a person to ever repair. There's no energy. and There's the,
0: no energy, period. Forget just to repair.
1: And so the dysregulation that's happening in the autonomic nervous system, remember stress is uh, uh, moving the bo- body out of balance, right? So it's the autonomic nervous system that's mobilizing all that energy, right? And starts dysregulating because it could never catch up, right? So... When we start creating brain and heart coherence, the autonomic nervous system is moving back towards regulation, it's moving back towards order, and there's an innate capacity for the body to say, the war is over, it's the, the trauma's done, let's get back to growth and repair. Turns out the more coherent that autonomic nervous system is, the more regulated it is, the more information can travel to the cells and tissues and organs of the body with the proper cadence, with the proper signals, right? So the body starts up-regulating back to balance and back to health. And so autoimmune conditions tend to be one of those conditions that heal really fast in this work. Inflammation heals really fast in this work. Cancers do really well in this work neurological disorders do really well in this work because there's a lot more regulation that goes on so 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 if 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 you can get your body more emotionally balanced and more physically balanced and more chemically balanced then you'll be more resilient Mm -hmm. so then the trauma the 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 thing that falls apart in your life, your response won't be the same because you're out of survival, right? And relaxed in the heart and awake in the brain is so much better than stressed out, unconscious and living in a program. And that seems to be what's accepted as normal in the world.
0: (sighs) Perfect explanation. Kelsey, right? Yep. I see her nodding in there. Um, One of the things you talk about is like new behaviors, right? So I want to give people just something they can grab onto right now. It's like you say, you wake up, you do the same things, whatever. So I knew one of the things I grabbed fast was like new behaviors will create a new reality. And so I try to mix it up. I Instead of making a coffee like I normally would in the morning, sometimes I'll run out and grab one at the coffee shop or I'll go to another coffee shop. I just try to change my routine every day. So it's not overlapping the same over the same over day. Um, What can people do that's conscious like that um, to help start changing themselves?
1: Yeah, 86% of the people in the Western world, the first thing they do when they wake up in the morning is grab their cell phone. That's almost 9 out of 10 people, so more than likely there's a good percentage of people that are watching this podcast or listening to it that do that. And when they reach for their cell phone and they look through their Facebook and their Instagram and their TikTok and their emails and their uh, Twitter and do all of that, they're connecting to everything that's known in their life. They're actually making sure that they're connected in in a certain way. In place of that, you can still do that, but before you grab unconsciously for your phone and start changing your chemicals in your body, it would be such a great idea to sit down and before you start your day, just review the thoughts you don't want to think. Review the behaviors you really want to change about yourself. Just review them. Just go over them in your mind. Re- review the emotions that you feel the most in a day and just remember that those emotions aren't loving to you. Just, just review them in the beginning, just so that you're aware of them. Have to change, you'll start becoming aware of them and when once you can observe them, you're no longer the program. Once you're conscious of them, you're no longer unconscious, right? You're out of the program. Before you start the day, ask yourself, what, how do I want to think today? How do I want to feel? How do I want to behave? I mean, what would greatness look like? What would love look like today? What could I do? That would be really cool for me at the end of the day, say, wow, I had a good day today. What, what, what would make me feel that way? And if you can't find an answer to that, start reading. Who reads anymore? Read a book.
0: I read so many books a week.
1: I know. I'm that way too. So read something about, you want to be wealthy? Read a book about someone who became wealthy and get, get real and realize they may have failed 50 times before they actually pulled it off or what were their characteristics? What were their traits? What made them? So it wasn't about their wealth, it was about who they became. That's the key, right? So so, so fill your brain with a little knowledge and then just start asking yourself what's the greatest expression of myself that I can be today and, and, and rehearse it. Rehearse how you're gonna be. And, and then if, if it leads to a different choice that's the unknown. Mm-hmm. And just know that it's not gonna be predictable. It's gonna be a little uncomfortable. That's where the magic happens. If you can stay relaxed and awake in the unknown, things get pretty exciting. When you're back to the known, you're back to the familiar. Don't expect anything to change in your life. And if you say it's that person or that circumstance, ah, you defaulted and went back to the program of the victim, allowing your outer environment, controlling your thoughts and feelings. If you truly do this well, this is what I discovered. If I truly feel the feelings of my future before they occur and I live in that state I'm no longer looking for it to happen how could I look for it if I feel like it already has right so I try to stay in that state because then I don't then I'm not separate from it uh, and that tends to be when the magic happens There, there's no control anymore there's no predicting there's no perfectionism there's none of the, all there is is just kind of an experiment like I'm experimenting to see if I changed my thoughts and feelings if my yeah. life will change and that should be the experiment everybody has and, and, and do it with with curiosity and do it with just seeing if, if the experiment works if it doesn't yeah. change something else about yourself until it starts to work
0: well those experiments are what's so fun right so when you're creating your like I wrote down the list of things I never wanted to feel again. I I wrote down the things I wanted in my new life. So I had my H, and then I would have my N. So my new life, mm-hmm. and I was I was thinking about all this adventure and so much fun that I wanted to have, and even just I know this is silly, but this weekend I asked my husband, I go, do you want to go out on a hike? And normally he growls at me, and he said, sure. I said, all right, why don't we go somewhere new we've never gone? Let me just look up like. Crazy cool hikes that end in a waterfall. I really want to see a waterfall. So I said, I found one and I said, it's in Sunland. He goes, Oh, cool. I want to go out that way. It's like quiet and wide and not frenetic. I said, Yeah, let's go there. I picked the easiest hike. It's only two miles because I know you don't have a lot of energy. He's very burnt out. And I said, We'll just do that. So we went and it started out hard. And I could tell he was like, Oh, frig, I want to kill her. And long story short, we kept going and going and every hiker would tell us we were a mile away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've been on those hikes.
0: (laughs) And, And it was hard on me and I'm somebody, and I'm wearing leg weights thinking it's only two miles. We went six miles. We had to rappel down rocks with rope. There was this whole experience that was so cool. And I gave them opportunities to quit along the way. And then we had one good opportunity when we actually could see the waterfall from a distance, but we could get closer I said, but honey, we did it. We saw the waterfalls. He's like, no, I want to go. I'm like, who are you? And so we had this amazing experience. He loved it. He's like, yes, it was a lot, but I I want to do this more. I don't I don't want to sit on the recliner on weekends anymore. He loved his everything was watching TV on the recliner. So then it had to become my everything. And then I would rope him into some stuff here and there. Now he wants to go on adventures on weekends. That was what I was dreaming of in my head. Mm-hmm. As I dreamed about what I wanted our relationship to really look like, mm-hmm. I created all these things in my head. He doesn't know I'm like mister Miyagiing him into whatever I want.
1: So <laughs> like, oh, he, He's really going to like me, I'm sure. <laughs> no, but
0: now he came back from that hike. He's like, I'm all in. I'm all in Because he was in But he's like I need to He was being precious about it It's like I have to do it When I have time And this and that I go No there's never going to be time But you do it When you want to do it I'm not pressuring you Whatever you want Now he's like I am diving in. I'm landing this week. I'm going to do it in Connecticut when I get there. I was like, all right. Nice. So, now when
1: the unknown becomes an adventure, you know you're over the hormones of stress or at least changing the hormones of stress because the unknown is a scary place in survival and stress. And, but when it becomes an adventure, it means now we're craving the unknown. And that's, I think that's one of the things I love the most about our community. People really crave the unknown. I mean, they, they, their mind is not limited in, in any way. And, and yeah. you gotta, if you believe in yourself, you gotta believe in possibilities, right? You got If you believe in possibilities, you gotta believe in yourself. And you're not gonna get possibilities sitting on the recliner. You gotta go out and get them.
0: Yeah, yeah. and it creates a zest for life. Like yeah. I have such a zest. I don't wanna keep you much longer even though I'm gonna keep you here and I'm gonna hide you in the basement. Um, <laughs> one last thing I, I mean, was something we started talking about earlier before we sat down, and it's like the energy field, right? So we talk about quantum physics a lot in your work, and and I think it's so cool. Um, but can we talk about a field in which the people around you are all getting the same things? Because I'm starting, as I said, to make the connections. Brain tumor mom, brain tumor me, brain tumor two of my dogs. My dad diabetes, my brother diabetes, me di- pre-diabetic, but I've been cleaning that up. Uh, my mom thyroid all of her side of the family thyroid, me thyroid, Kevin thyroid, my best friend, Kevin breaks teeth. We're in the kitchen talking about it. Then I broke a tooth and she broke a tooth. we all of these things are happening around us. And there was a moment in the brain tumor journey where I started cracking jokes. Don't get too close to us. You might get a brain tumor, <laughs> but that's messed up because yeah. it, it does happen. So is there something to that have you studied any of that?
1: No, we we haven't really. Well, actually, it's kind of funny because I think you were at the event where we're studying twins. Yes. Well, yeah, we studied uh, oh, six yeah. sets of twins. yeah. F- have uh, five identical twins and one set of fraternal twins and we're actually looking to see how much, you know, gene expression can change when you change your emotional state and with identical twins that share pretty much the same genome. But then we started doing these cool experiments where we were separating them, and one was having a meditation, the other one was watching the History Channel, you know, in this room, or her choice. room, just to see. And when this person had a profound experience, what kind of brain changes were they, were they entraining their, their partner to? So, so I do think that the more we are emotionally connected to people, the more suggestible we are to each other. Right. Because I think we accept, believe and surrender information that's equal to our emotional state. Right. So so maybe the sympathy or your connection to people in your life, the the information goes in that it actually it actually creates this kind of um, collective consciousness, you know, that, that everybody starts to experience the same thing. Uh, but it could be like the hundredth monkey. It could be in a, in, a, in a really other, really profound way, where you start changing your energy and you start changing your, your your emotions, and then you start moving to a greater frequency, and you break that you break that pattern, and now all of a sudden everybody starts in training to a greater level. Yes, and that's what we're after, right? So, so I just think that's just a a level of unconsciousness because we, when we share the same emotions, we share the same memories. We can relate with one another. We share the same energy. We share the same information. So we're very we're prone and, or susceptible to that information. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think we have to really be very clear that that's something that I'm definitely not going to experience. If, if it slips past your analytical mind and you take it on and you feel it with that person, I mean, that's, that's powerful voodoo. You know, that's powerful yeah. medicine. Or powerful medicine, But
0: way. I'm aware now, Yeah. so that's a, a good thing. Queens, I'm going to give you the last question.
2: Whoa. Dr. Joe, you talked about relaxing the heart, and you said you have a way to do it. How do we do it?
1: It's not something that you, you don't know how to do. It's just something that we want to make a skill for you. And, and so when people... First thing they have to do is they have to overcome their survival states. They have to over, overcome their programs. They're gonna be willing to sit with themselves long enough to wonder what's on the other side of I can't, or it's too hard, or I wanna give up, or this sucks. What's on the other side of those thoughts? Those are just programmed thoughts. What's on the other side of this emotion called guilt, or this emotion called frustration? What's on the other side of it, right? So you get people to a certain and give them uh, a little bit of help, but the key then is we've done, we've done studies on this. If you close your eyes and you place your attention on your heart, it turns out where you place your attention is where you place your energy, right? So if you can put your attention on your heart and not your cell phone, and you can keep it on your heart and, and feel it and experience it and pay attention to it, by paying attention to your heart, you're actually giving it your energy. Now, your heart tends to feel different emotions uh, than other parts of your body. And what emotions it loves to feel is love, compassion, care, kindness, gratitude, inspiration, freedom. These are elevated emotions. So if you could put your attention on your heart, we see from the technology that we built, in time, and not a very long amount of time, just a few minutes, you'll start to see this very low frequency of the heart start going up, which means, the, the, the energy that's indigenous to the heart, what the heart uses only, you're actually feeding it. It's it energy. Right? So if you could do that then, and then you can slow your breathing down. When you slow your breathing down, you slow your brainwaves down. We've measured that thousands of times. So instead of the short breath or this, instead of this kind of shallow breath, you really work on taking long, slow breaths through your heart. Inhale with the intention of relaxing. Hold it with the intention of relaxing while you hold it. Exhale with the intention of relaxing. Blow all the air out, hold it for a few seconds, you're not gonna die. Relax again, inhale again. And just do a series of three or four or five or six of these depending on working with your body so that it starts to feel safe again. That's what it is. It's slow your brain waves down, you slow your breathing down, you slow your breathing down, you convert from the sympathetic, to the parasympathetic. And that's what we see. Then all of a sudden we see the person's parasympathetic nervous system go up and the sympathetic goes down. What does that mean? They're moving out of stress. Okay, the body's moving into that state of growth and repair. Now put your attention on your heart. Now do something really cool. Amplify. That's the amplifier. That's the creative center. So what do you want to feel? like? What emotion do you want to feel when a future experience happens? Whatever that is. Feel the gratitude, feel the joy, feel the freedom, and breathe and feel, and feel and breathe, and keep relaxing into your heart, keeping your attention nowhere else out of the millions of things you can put your attention on. That's your target. And you work with your body, and you breathe and you feel, and as you start relaxing into your heart, you keep working on relaxing into your heart, and you feel it, you feel that emotion, there'll come a moment where that energy will naturally start moving up to the brain. And when that happens, The survival centers shut down, brain moves into alpha, you see more in pictures and images. You could take, it's like taking a sheet of paper, uh, a sheet on a a bed and going like this. The heart sends this propagating wave right into the brain, just follows, boom, right after the stroke volume and it's telling the brain to be creative, to dream, to be, you know, to be unlimited. Uh, So the more you do that, here's the key, the more you do it, the more it becomes a skill. Now, when a person has a panic attack, right, what they do is they mismanage their attention. They, they picture the worst scenario that could possibly take place, and then they say, no, what if this happens? Oh, what, if this happen? what if this happens? What if this happens? They're making it actually 10 times worse, because if you prepare for the worst, there's always better chances of survival. The problem is they're combining that image in their mind, and they're actually living the experience emotionally. And so they're taking that thought and that feeling, that image and that emotion, that stimulus and response, and they're conditioning the body subconsciously to become the mind of fear. After a certain point when the body's that out of balance, it will have a panic attack. Try as you may to control it with your conscious mind. can You programmed it subconsciously, and then it gets worse because after that one, you can't anticipate when the next one's gonna happen, so you start mm-hmm. getting ready for the next one, and that's what exactly starts the cycle. Okay, so what we discovered, that the more you relax into your heart and feel these elevated emotions, it's exactly like a panic attack, only it's a love attack so we 're looking at people 's hearts for twenty four hours. We see them sustain this beautiful coherence thirty minutes, forty minutes, sixty minutes. They get good at it. They can do it now. they know that they know they can do it feels really good, but then all of a sudden they're wearing the heart rate monitor and they 're not doing a meditation, and their heart is in coherence for an entire hour and they 're unpacking their suitcase and they 're getting ready for bed and this f- spontaneous feeling of love just the body starts. Wanting to feel that, because it's been conditioned to feel that, no different than be con- being conditioned to fear. So it, it, we have to practice sustaining it. That's the key, right? So if you can sustain it more and more and practice with your heart, it'll get better. It'll get deeper. It'll get richer. It'll get more profound. It'll, it'll keep changing as you keep doing it. And, and uh, for me, it, it, it's still changing. It, it still changes for me. So simple technique. Rest your attention. And then after you rest your attention in there, slow your breathing down, bring up an elevated emotion, feel it within you, tune in, radiate it, you know, um, uh, shine, I don't know, whatever it is that it is for you to glow in your heart there. And, um, and then we see this parasympathetic nervous system drop down And here comes the sympathetic nervous system coming up, and now the person's relaxed in their heart, and they're moving into this gamma brainwave pattern. All of a sudden, waves start building on waves. They're standing waves, and all of a sudden, right up to the brain, and the person is out of the program. They're conscious now. They're relaxed in the present moment and awaken the brain. That sympathetic arousal is awakening the brain, creating that wonderful feeling of wakefulness, of bliss, of ecstasy, of uh, 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 a joy for existence. A gratitude like I love being alive and when that occurs pro-social networks in the brain switch on and instead of being protective and separate in survival those pro-social networks cause us to want to connect and connect and commune and, and form tribes and form communities and take care of one another and support each other and love one another and heal one another and shine for one another and, and inform one another and honor one another and respect one another. And that's what happens when, when the this, when this center kind of opens up and it's a different consciousness. It's an, emergent, it's an emergent consciousness. So we tend to be more present and appreciative when we're truly in this state.
0: And that's why wow. it's mind, body, and soul healing. All of this work is healing everything.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I think you know, if you want to just touch on the soul for a second, I do think that, you know, the soul's really interested in adventure. It really wants new experiences, right? And it can't go on to the next experience if it's stuck in an emotion from the past. It can't mm. go. It can't go because it, that emotion keeping the person anchored to the memories and the stories that go along with it. I would never tell a person to relive their past. I would always tell them to just overcome the emotion because the memory without the emotional charge is wisdom, and that's what the soul wants. Like, I'm done with that. I'm done. I got the wisdom from it. I got, I got all of eternity. I got a long time to figure this out, so I'm, I might as well create an, the next experience. So I think they all heal kind of simultaneously, you know, one, one with the next.
0: Yeah. I think one of the big things that happened for me too at the event was, and I didn't realize that you, like I said, you see so many of the things that you need to fix or you need more of. And I was like, Oh, I started feeling my heart and, and I realized I wasn't loving myself. I wasn't loving my brain. I wasn't loving my body. And so now I have like that whole practice every day where I tell myself that I love myself. I tell myself what I'm proud of or what I've done that was good and what I'm working on and, um, and I tell my brain that I love it and my body that I love it Don't
1: Let your heart love your brain just like it's, it's Basically when the heart and the brain are coherent There's a love affair Yeah, between the heart and the brain It's, it's one of the most beautiful things It really is a love affair The heart, well, I'm telling you, it just loves the brain It's yeah. an amazing thing
0: And love and gratitude will, will heal too And it's like the hippie stuff is kind of real It's like it really is about love yeah. And having compassion for people where they're at Because they haven't gotten to that next level yet. They haven't gotten a tool yet that they need, whatever it is. Um, So I think that that was another thing that I learned. I mean, I could talk to you for hours about the things that I learned. I want to know one last thing. What is your vision from here?
1: Yeah, well... um,
0: Where does this go? Where do you go?
1: Gosh, um, there's so many... Um, wonderful things that are happening right now just with our research. You know, I was on the phone with one of the top researchers in our in our um, scientific team and uh, just every day the data that we're discovering is so important for people to know. I want to give people um, my greatest understanding of the truth and numerous opportunities to experience it. I I want to free their minds and open their hearts with a simple formula that leads them to a door, right? A door of unlimited possibilities. And I want the door to show people that they are greater than they think, more powerful than they know, more unlimited than than they could ever dream. And, And I think by providing people the science and taking it to a point where it's understandable and digestible, changes a consciousness. It changes a collective consciousness. Uh, and, and the testimonials are so important because those four-minute miles are uh, opportunities for people to, to believe in themselves again because someone else is doing it, right? So, so a, an emergent consciousness, emergence in biology, you know, those flocks of birds and schools of fish mm-hmm. that are moving and behaving in the same way, there's no leader in that process. It's not a top-down phenomenon. Everybody's leading, right? So the coming of a new consciousness is, it, it can't be done uh, with the same consciousness that's created the problems that we have in the world today, you know? And I think well, no matter what you believe, what, I think one thing that everybody is aware of that something doesn't feel right, you know? So, so providing people with the information, the right information that allows them to believe in themselves and to believe in possibility. The side effect of all of this is some of the, some really cool things happening in medical schools, where they want to investigate what we're doing and bring it into medical schools uh, in operating rooms now, uh, mm. with Navy SEALs in uh, and, and veterans with trauma. Uh, we are working with um, prisons and and that
0: was amazing. Actually, uh, a lot those of prisons. stories.
1: Yeah, a lot of some great prisons and nobody's talking to these people about why they did what they did. And what it really means to change, especially the ones that are going to walk out into the same environment you know so so um, and we're working with uh, lots of companies and organizations around the world and teaching them what true change means in the neuroscience of culture and how you how you change a culture what it takes to change a culture and what it takes to change individuals so uh, and then you know then there's all kinds of Fun things, like I'm, in, I'm so invested in our youth community right now uh, because they are the seeds of the future. And uh, they're going to have to resolve the problems that were given to them from a greater level of consciousness. And they have to learn the principles of leadership. They have to ingrain that in them and embody it. Uh, they have to understand their hormones. They have to understand values. They have to understand how to create from the field instead of from matter so they can short the distance between the thought of what they want and the experience of having it, without having to work so hard to get it. And so we're investing a lot of uh, my time and energy into into our youth, and every event that we do, we have over 100 kids under the age of 25 that come, and, and they're very passionate, and I, and I, I take time. Uh, I go and see them uh, after I walk off the, st- the stage or at the end of the day, and I, t- I talk to them, and, and I say, listen, I don't care if you go to school or you, you 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 teach yourself. Just get really 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 good at one thing. Just be just own it. Just know that you know that you're the best at it. You do that, you'll always be valued. So, um, so many crazy things, so many wonderful things are happening um, with with um, where we're at right now. So I'm pretty excited.
0: I like the idea for. I know you're getting close um, to be able to go to children's hospitals. Yeah, and do coherence healings. Well,
1: her. we had a woman in the event in uh, San Diego who uh, who is the the top administrator for a children's hospital in in Mexico City, and she had a profound,
2: mm.
1: profound healing, profound healing really? from her disease, and she's ready, you know. And I'm not going to do it uh, until I have the data that shows that our community. Uh, w- w- one out of two times can produce a change that's eight, nine, or ten out of ten in a person's health. When we're fifty percent, and we have all of our all the research that we're doing with all the questionnaires and all the epigenetic studies we're doing on the healies and the heart coherence, you know, we're we're measuring to see if everybody's in co- in a state of coherence when everybody's in the you know in the cage when they're when they're healing another person. We're looking at the data. So when our data is all sorted out and we're fifty uh, percent. Um, that's when I'll be very comfortable in, in walking in there and in changing children's lives. You know, children with cancer and children with tumors and children with all kinds of health conditions. We had we're we're seeing crazy stuff happening with this orphanage that we're working with in Mexico right now. With you know, kids born with a lot of uh, health conditions and, and tremendous reversal in, in their in their in their bodies. So it's pretty cool.
2: Thank you.